Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. How are you all this morning? Is this thing on? I said, how are you all this morning? You can hear me. Oh, now we're cooking with gas. They didn't Jake do a great job hosting this morning? I remember Jake uh, several years ago. Uh, works at Alter One now, don't you, Jakey? Where are you, Jake? You're on sound, and you work at Alter One as well. I remember as a student, Jake came through the Alter One College. Now look, hey, you're a champion. We love you, Jake. Thank you for hosting, and also uh, great to have uh, Darren share such a great testimony. Darren, can I just say something to you? You know, in my home, in the, the centre of my home, is a present that you made for me on my 40th last year, and that you and Mickey gave to me gave me a great uh, a board, an engraved board that he made. And it's from Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, a powerful verse that he who has begun a good work in you will see it through to completion. I need you to know, Darren, you carry so much weight and authority in the spirit. Thank you for sharing the way that you have. We love you. We love both you, the Raman family. Thank you for being you. If we haven't met, my name is Josh and I get to serve on the leadership team here in Grace Life. Good to have you with us this morning. It's a privilege for me uh, to talk to you a little bit about, we're launching into a new series uh, over this month and the next month called Living in the Spirit. We're going to get straight into it soon. But uh, before we do, um, I, I do have a question to ask of you. A couple of weeks ago in John chapter 16, um, I, I referred to it, Jesus says something. He says, can we pull up the first verse, please? Uh, Chapter 16, verse 5. Keep in mind, Jesus is about to die. He knows he's about to die. He's predicting his death. He's with his disciples, and his disciples know that his time is coming. They're sad, they're sorrowful, they're deflated, somewhat anxious, even depressed. Jesus says something. He says in verse but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Verse 6, but because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Verse 7, and a very important verse for us, it says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I do go, I will send him to you. Let's think about that for a second. Jesus is saying, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I go, then the helper will be sent to you. The helper, that word is the parakletos. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, which is an advocate, a counsellor, one who comes alongside. Jesus says, it's better for you that I go, because when I go, one who is like me will come alongside you. But why and how would it be better? How could it possibly be better? Why would Jesus be saying that it's better that I go away, was for a couple of reasons. Because the Holy Spirit, who was just like Jesus, and Jesus is just like his Father, right, um, would come to be with us continually. Jesus would come and go, but the Holy Spirit would be with his people and soon be in his people. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. That we can have Jesus living in us, by his, in us. In the Old Testament, we can read the Holy Spirit would come and go. His presence would come and go. But when the Holy Spirit came out after the crucifixion and the resurrection, Jesus' Spirit, His Holy Spirit, 
would come to live within us, to dwell within us, not because of our goodness, but because of his grace. Imagine if we did have Jesus. Picture this. As we kick off this series, imagine that we did have Jesus by our side every day. We would wake up with Jesus. We would go to sleep with Jesus sleeping next to us or in the next room. We would eat with Jesus. We would get counsel from Jesus. We would get assistance from Jesus. We would get comfort from Jesus all of the time. The disciples were used to this. Every day they would have access 24-7 to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, it's better for you that I go because then the Spirit will come, the Helper will come, the Counselor will come, the Comforter will come, the Advocate will come, the Parakletos, the one who is like me that will come alongside you will come. Imagine you had Jesus walking with you every single day. You got up in the morning, he was there. And that was you, not just the disciples a couple of thousand years ago. That was you. You'd go to the shops, pushing your shopping trolley down aisle eight, bumping into Scotty Jones because he's on long service leave. Pastor Scott, let me tell you all of the problems while you're on long service leave. But you wouldn't need to because Jesus is there. You just talk to Jesus. You're walking the dog. Jesus is there at home. And the kids are behaving themselves nicely. Jesus, what do I do? How do I better parent? Jesus is always there. Well, have a guess what? We actually have access 24-7 to Jesus by His Spirit every single day. Isn't that quite a reality check for us? That every day we actually have Jesus not just walking with us, but living within us. Every single moment by moment, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, week by week, we have that same unfettered access to Jesus Christ Himself. But why do I forget that? That I think maybe it's only on a Sunday that I can encounter Jesus, or when I'm in my life group that I can encounter Jesus, or just when I'm in my Bible I can encounter Jesus. No! I have Him every single day. And it's not a matter of the pastor or the priest has more access because they're holy. No, we all have equal access. Every single one of us, because of the perfected, completed work of Jesus on that cross, we have the same unlimited, beautiful access to Jesus Christ himself because of what he's done for us. Isn't that good news? So Jesus says, it's better for you that I go. Because if I don't go, then the helper can't come. But if I do go, the helper will come. And have have, have a look at this. It says in verse 8, And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they don't believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you'll see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, this is actually a really subtext here for us. It says the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. Well, what, what, what sin does the Holy Spirit convict the world of? Stealing? Gambling? Drug addiction? No, that's not what it says. Adultery? No. Immorality? No. It, that's not what the Holy Spirit is trying to convict the world of. The world, or those that don't know God, the, the Holy Spirit's primary concern is whether or not they believe in Jesus or not because belief and unbelief what we do with Jesus is what separates us from the father 
which is which which is easy easier for me to understand because my job is to not try and call out individual sins in the world my job is to work with the holy spirit to help the world to help unbelievers or pre-believers let's call them that pre-believers see the beauty of jesus and believe in jesus because once you believe in jesus you stand positively righteous absolutely forgiven and just wonderfully adopted the sin that discounts us from our relationship with the Father is whether we believe in Him or not. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do to help us believe. So let's read on, shall we? It says, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them right now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He's the opposite of Satan, isn't He? Because Satan is the father of lies. But the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. For he won't speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. That is a great passion of the Holy Spirit, to give glory to Jesus. Any good that we think we may do, and any glory we may feel to take on for ourselves, is not the Holy Spirit trying to convince that. The Holy Spirit takes all credit and all glory and gives it to Jesus. So any good that we may do, that we may accomplish, it's the goodness of God. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine, declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I, say, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. John chapter 14, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about three promises. Do you remember what those promises were? The promise of his presence that the Holy Spirit brings. The promise of his power, which the Holy Spirit brings. The power being supernatural ability. And the promise of peace that comes by the Holy Spirit. His presence, his power, and his peace. That comes from God himself. However, um, I, we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about um, how do we follow the Holy Spirit? If we've been given the Holy Spirit and every believer has the same amount of access and every Christian, every follower of Jesus, every lover of Jesus has the Holy Spirit living within, how, how do we hear him? How do we know that it's him? What about being filled with him? What is that about? How, um, how do we live and move and have our being in fullness by the presence, the power, and the promise of the Holy Spirit? Galatians chapter 5 um, tells us a lot about this. Galatians is a wonderful book. We did a whole series on Galatians. How many people were with us for that? Went through the whole book of Galatians. It was brilliant. Galatians is one of those letters that Paul writes and this letter that Paul writes, the six chapters, are all about the grace found in God. Galatians chapter 5 then starts to explore what freedom looks like for, for us as Christians. So we can live by the law, and we can live by the Spirit. God's law, the do's and the don'ts, are not wrong in and of themselves. In fact, God's law is holy. We've got to remember that. God's people saw God's law as an act of grace. 
But the law in and of itself was not able to save us. The law was a guide for us and it also showed us our need for grace. You can have 600 odd commands and you will be shown up very quickly when you try to fulfill every single one of them. You can do your best to do everything right, but you soon enough find that you fall short somewhere along the lines. And it's a good thing that we cannot be saved by trying to adhere to all of this compliance. We can't be saved that way. It's a good way for God to show us how to live. Do this, don't do this. The Ten Commandments are wonderful in that respect. And they're very important. But we cannot be saved by those commandments. There is only one perfect person that ever came that upheld and fulfilled all of God's laws. And who was that? It was Jesus. So if there's one person who's qualified to make us right, it's that very same person, that very same God-man who lives by his spirit within us. So when Jesus by his spirit lives within us, we stand before a holy God and our holy God looks at us and can't help but see Jesus within us. And when he sees Jesus within us and he sees us in perfect, intimate unity with Jesus, he can't help but smile. Have a guess what? You might have dragged yourself into a service today or maybe your wife dragged you into a service this morning or your husband dragged you into this and you're like, I feel so unworthy. I feel so imperfect. I feel so unclean. I'm here to tell you, friends, that in Jesus, you are as righteous as you'll ever be. If you love Jesus and he is your king, your Lord, your savior, there is no condemnation. Like it says at the beginning of Romans chapter 8, and at the end it ends with no separation from the love of God. His Holy Spirit completes us. And this is what it says in Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to take a bit of a run up, some verses that probably you don't have yet. Um, Galatians chapter 5. How's the sound? It's not too echoey, is it? Is it all right? Or is it just up here? Okay. It says in verse 13, Paul writes, For you are called to freedom. Freedom, brothers, only don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Now, when he says the flesh here, he doesn't just mean the physical body. He's talking about the the parts of you, the sinful desires, the, the carnal nature, the part of you that is in opposition to God. He's saying, don't just flesh out or or live according to your selfish ambition. Those parts of you that are opposed to God's will and way. He says, don't use your freedom as an opportunity, essentially, to sin. But through love serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And this is the bit we're going to, I want us to focus on. We're going to go, go from verse 16 through to verse 25, okay? Chapter 5, verse 16, all the way through to 25 in the ESV I'll be reading today. Paul writes, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Okay, let's take a pause there. You see, right now, what he's saying is, I say to you, don't let the fact that you're saved and you're you're free be an excuse to just flesh out and do unhelpful, sinful things. But walk by the Holy Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. And if you do those things, you're not going to give in to these sinful urges within 
verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, and there's a whole list here, and it's not an exhaustive list, meaning it's not just only these things, but it's these types of things. The works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, I'm not going to rush through them by the way, I'm just going to spend a second or two, just let it soak in. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy. Fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warned you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean that if you slip up and do one of these things from time to time, it's, it, what, what he's inferring there is if you live a life where you are practicing these things, if you're living a lifestyle where you are entrenched in these behaviors, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But, there's a big but there. I love the butts of the Bible. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Final verse, it says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So, I'm going to run out of time today, but I'm just going to keep going until we've got to stop. Let's look at what Paul's saying here. There are two ways of living. By the Spirit, by the leading of God's Spirit, and not just by the leading, but by the empowering of His Spirit. Because the Spirit doesn't just reveal things to us. He doesn't just direct us in a certain way. He gives us the grace. He gives us the power to fulfill His directive. He is the helper, remember, and the helper helps us to live the right way. He doesn't just, this is, this is one beautiful thing about following Jesus. It's not just some sort of religious activity where we have to adhere to certain lifestyles. He helps us do the right thing. He helps me love you. He helps me forgive you. He helps me show patience with you. He helps me be kind to you. He helps me demonstrate peace and joy and life. He does that in me. And Paul says there are two ways of living. If, if, if you live a life where you are not following the Spirit, what's going to happen is there, there is going to be some works of the flesh that are shown up. Fits of anger, sexual immorality, we, we, drunkenness. We read that list right out. Works of the flesh. But then what he does is he compares and contrasts these works of the flesh with fruit of the Spirit. 
Because the flesh produces a work, but the spirit produces fruit. If you want fruit in your life, I'm here to tell you, friends, it's God that produces that fruit. It's not you or me. If I try and do it in and of my own strength, it becomes a work of the flesh, a work of my own strength. And that's not going to last. I need to let God's spirit do the work in me. So he leads me. I follow. He strengthens and empowers, and then he produces some fruit. How how do the best fruit trees produce fruit? How? Two things that come to mind. Pruning and a lot of poop. Anyone have fruit trees at home? I've got some fruit trees. When I trim them back, I've noticed that they actually grow better after a while. Any horticulturalists or gardeners in the place? You're picking up what I'm putting down. Well, what about fertilizer? A bit of poop on the base of that. How is the Holy Spirit going to produce His fruit in your life? Well, He's going to prune you back at times. And sometimes that hurts. Amen or ouch? Other times, He'll allow some poop to be thrown at you. It's stinky. It's mucky. It's dirty. But if you allow God's Spirit to do a work, He can produce some fruit. Anyone in the midst of some poop at the moment? Maybe God's Spirit is trying to do something in and through you. So, how can we follow the Holy Spirit's leading? How can we, how are we led by Him? Well, I want to talk about three things that we've got to be aware of where we should not be led by. We should not be led, the first thing, don't be led by an ungodly culture. Don't be led by an ungodly, ungodly culture. So, so, in my heart, I really want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, but I can't go in this direction if I'm going in this direction with the world. So an ungodly culture does not just, it's not just limited to when I go out to the workplace and they're all unsaved. Where we live is a largely ungodly culture. In fact, some of our relationships might be an ungodly culture. And we've got to be aware of that. Don't be led by that. Be intentional with those relationships. Be intentional where you work, where you play, where you study. Be intentional about the the, the, the culture that's around you. Any ungodly culture, if you're not careful, will lead you away because it is at enmity with God's directive. The Holy Spirit is leading you this direction, but then it's very easy to drift. Very easy. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Do not be conformed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Think about that for a second. Don't be conformed to this world. Why? Why is Paul saying that? Because the world is opposed in opposition and hostility to God. So we've, we've got to be switched on. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Hey, here's the thing about listening to. So if I said something ridiculous today over the microphone, like Jesus is not the only way to God, and there are different ways of, of, of receiving eternal life, you'd pull out your tomatoes and start throwing them at me. You'd know that that's wrong. But what if I, what if I, what if I had someone on the keys just playing some lovely music? Or we had a, got, got some nice tunes to it. Would it be a little bit more palatable? 
When we turn our radio on in the car, we're listening to people preach sermons all of the time. And it sounds good and it's easy to palate. All the movies that we watch, we've got to be very careful because the enemy is preaching to us constantly and we've got to be smarter than that. So be mindful of the culture that you're exposing yourself to. What about friends and relationships? We are commanded to love our neighbour, we are commanded even to love our enemies, but we are not commanded to follow ungodly uh, cultural habits or ungodly advice. The relationships that you hold, are you aware, am I aware of uh, being discipled into those ways of thinking? It might be jokes, it might be smutty humour, it might be uh, habits of how we handle money or, 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 or we steal money or it might be um, the way that we gossip about other people. If we're not mindful, this ungodly culture pulls us away from the leading of the Holy Spirit. So don't let an ungodly culture lead you. The second thing is don't be led by your personal feelings. How many of us just sometimes think, well, my heart says it's the way to go. Sure, I'm married, but my heart's moved towards someone else, so I think that's the Lord leading me. Give me a break. I just, I just feel in my heart that I need to empty my bank account and, and, and buy a membership for the Fremantle Dockers because I know they're going to do much better this year. It's, that's got to be the Lord. It's never the Lord to tell you a membership, get your membership for the Dockers. That I can tell you right now. That is demonic straight from the pit. A heart can lead us astray, can't it? Oh, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in a job situation and it's just so unsettling. It's so difficult for me right now. My, my personal feeling says I've got to leave and jump ship. Is that the Holy Spirit or is that just discomfort? Maybe the Lord has called you to be in that very place. Maybe that's a bit of a poo scenario situation. He wants to produce some fruit in you. Maybe in that situation he wants to prune you back. I don't know. Sometimes your heart is going to want to do one thing, but God's Spirit is saying no another. What about in Luke chapter 22 and around about verse 42, I think it was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, Father, I, I don't want this. If you're willing, please let this cup go. Please, but not my will, your will be done. So Jesus' heart was, 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 was to avoid this pain, this trauma. I don't want this, Lord. But... Your will be done. There are going to be times where our heart, our feelings, our emotions, our soul will push us in one direction. But God's Spirit says, no, I want to go in a different direction. What about circumstances? Don't be led by your surrounding circumstances. Now, God can speak through the circumstances, but don't be led by them. Let's think about um, uh, Paul. The Apostle Paul, he was on a boat um, and in Acts chapter 27, we'll turn there, 27, he has some discernment to not go on a particular expedition. But the guys that were with him disagreed. Acts chapter 27 verse 13, you probably got it before I have, haven't you? I knew it. 
When the south wind blew gently, supposing they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along creek close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind called the northeast struck down from the land and when the ship was caught and couldn't face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. Now just a few verses before in verse 10, you know what he said to them? He warned them. Paul warned these guys. He said, I, I, says, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. We could lose our lives. So Paul has an impression. We shouldn't go down this way. This, this, we've got to be really careful. But the guys saw the, the wind coming in gently and the, the situation just looked right. The circumstances just looked right. And they went with their circumstance. And what happened? <laughs> they almost drowned, didn't they? Your circumstances may seem really good, but be mindful because in the middle of that, God's Spirit might be saying something very different, something counterintuitive. And this is the beauty of serving a God who knows things and sees things that we don't. Can we just kill the lights, please, Chris, for just a moment? This is what it's like following Jesus. It's a lot harder to see, isn't it, in the dark? So much harder to see. But God's Spirit sees far better than us. And the danger is, I can rely at times too much on my own ability to see. But sometimes that can work against me. So my circumstances can look one way. Let's put those lights back on, please. My circumstances can look one way, but I can, I can, in a sense, be too reliant and dependent on what I see in the natural, but the Spirit says, I know it looks clear to you, but I see very differently. How many times in hindsight have we looked back over the years and thought, oh my goodness, God was actually in that, or God was saying something different. If I only just stepped out, if I only just trusted His Spirit and not just what I saw, for we live by faith and not by sight. So, some ways to be led by the Spirit. Well, let's work out how, you know, where we're not led. We're not led uh, by an ungodly culture, we're not led by personal feelings and we're not to be led by surrounding circumstances. But it says this in Galatians. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Can I get my little helper, please? Come on, my little helper. This is my gorgeous little helper today. There she is. For the purposes of this illustration, this is a Christian. Are you a Christian? You are at the moment, aren't you? Okay, so I'm the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's stand over here. Let's stand over here. Now, I'm the Holy Spirit, and, um, and we are God's followers. We are His believers, and we follow Him. And there are times where the Holy Spirit is, says, all right, keep in step with me. Okay, so follow me. Let me lead you. Come on, let me lead you. And, we, and he encourages us to follow. And other times he goes, okay, we're going to go, go this direction. Now follow me, follow me. So keep in step. As he leads, we follow. But there are other times where, where, where he's going to lead us at times and moments that are totally counterintuitive, totally don't make sense. And we may not even like it. And in those moments, all right, now we're going to go this way. Come on, we're going to go this way. Are you going to come or not? Come on, we can do it. What about other times? Okay, she followed me that time. Now, you remember what we said? And, and this is what happens. Come on, come on.
come on. Are you going to come? That's us sometimes. To not obey in that moment is to not obey. God, I'll do that when it's a bit more convenient for me. But the Spirit says, come, come on, come on. Come with me now. Come on. Come on, come now. Keep in step with the Spirit. Thank you. Let's put our hands together for this beautiful young lady. So, any parents out there and you're saying to to your kids, all right, uh, right, can you please just make your bed now? And the child goes, yeah, I'll do it when I'm ready. I'll do it later. What would you call that? Disobedience. Oh, hello. We had a mum call that out pretty quick. Oh, that's disobedience. Oh, yeah, but I'll do it. Oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it when I'm good and proper. I wonder if we're like that with God's spirit sometimes. Well, well, hang on a second. We're adults. You can't say that we're disobedient. It's like when we get to 18 or 19 or 20 or 21, we, 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 we can't be taught anything anymore. We can't be told off anymore. We're independent now. Well, have a guess what? We never stop learning or growing. And the desire to disobey can still sit well within. Whether you're a five-year-old or an 85-year-old, sin is sin. And it still might be lurking deep within. So what does walking by the Spirit involve? very quickly and we're going to explore this in the coming weeks we'll be talking about the fruits of the spirit gifts of the spirit and so forth. it's going to be a great series i encourage you don't miss any sunday in it what does it involve walking the spirit first thing involves a leaning on that's dependence leaning on him that's dependence i can't live in the spirit and then walk by the spirit unless i'm depending on the spirit i need to depend on him right if he's leading me and i'm just like oh fine I'll do whatever you say again remember that's that, that that can become a work of the flesh i need to depend and rely on him i need to lean on god lean on his direction and lean on his empowerment it involves a dependence second thing walking by the spirit involves a listening to a listening to are we listening to holy spirit Have you learned to listen to his voice yet? What does his voice sound like? Do you know, you want to know what his voice sounds like? (laughs) It sounds like this book here. Have you ever picked up a, a, a phone text message you've got from someone and you're reading a message from them and you're playing it out in their voice? You you catch yourself out now doing this. A lot of the time, you're reading a text message from someone or a card and you can hear it in their voice what does someone sound like well what they wrote what does God sound like well he sounds like what he wrote so this is a daily encouragement for me am I listening to him not just listening to my circumstances and I've got two jobs Lord what well, which job do I take Surely it's the higher paying job. What if the Holy Spirit says, no, take the lower paying job? Well, but that that can't possibly be God telling me to take less money. What about where to live, where to buy a house? What about sending that text message to someone? What about you be the one to first build the bridge? 
You be the one. You be the first one to forgive. You be the first one to show love. You, you, you. What if the Holy Spirit, though you were the offended one, he says, no, I want you to start that. I, w- I want you to initiate. Could that be God? That could be God's Holy Spirit talking to you. Are you willing to listen to what he's got to say? So walking by the Spirit involves a leaning on, first thing, which is dependence. The second thing, a listening out, which is sensitivity. And the third thing is a living out, and that's obedience. There's no point in saying that we rely on God and we hear what he's saying, but we're not willing to actually do what he says. Are we willing to obey? Are we willing to just do whatever he says? I love this story. I know I've shared this here some time ago in the past, but it's a story of Pastor Margaret Stevenson who was told a really random, seemingly random thing. Remember, God's spirit is not just any spirit. He's a holy spirit. He's the holy spirit. Some of us, we might need to put the holy back in holy spirit, which means he's different. He's amazing. He, he doesn't think the same as us. His ways are higher. His thoughts are above ours. And he, he leads in ways that don't make sense sometimes. So Margaret Stevenson, Pastor Bob Stevenson preaches here from time to time. Pastor Margaret Stevenson, a number of years ago, was sharing a story about how she was having severe lower back injury. She's had it for some time. And when she was praying one time, she heard the most craziest thing. But she says, it was the Holy Spirit. I know his voice. And she said... I heard God tell me to get a lemon and cut it in half and get that lemon and rub it on the lower part of my back where my pain was and after three days the pain would go. (laughs) Is that crazy or what? Have a guess what she did. She got a lemon from the fruit bowl, she cut it in half and morning and night for three days she put the lemon and she rubbed it on her back. She said that she couldn't tell her and mock her. Understandably so. I'm not saying that it was right, I'm just saying I understand it. After three days, the pain went. She was having chronic back issues, but the pain went. Why would God choose something as crazy as that? I don't know. Why would God spit in the mud and make a paste? Why would he do that? Why would he say, go wash in the pool? Why would he do that? I don't know, he's holy, God is holy. And sometimes he's going to say some things to you that may not make sense to you, but he just wants you to trust, obey, and get out of the way. So may we be people, as we continue to explore what it is to live in and walk by the Spirit, to just depend on him, to be sensitive to him, and to obey him. Here are some take-home questions for you. I'm going to put it on the screen, and if you want, you can take a photo, but some questions that I'm going to leave you with as your homework. How many people like homework? Oh, no, I'm an adult now. I'm 18, I'm 21. No homework anymore. Take-home questions. First one, do I actually want to be led by the Holy Spirit? Do you actually want it? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe it's going to mess up with your convenient lifestyle. Because... The Holy Spirit is going to say some pretty inconvenient things sometimes. But the things he says is for our good. The second thing, have I actually asked for his leadership? Holy Spirit, Lord, would you lead me by your Spirit? The third thing, will you look to God's Word for guidance? 
can I just say that um, um, one of the strengths of charismatic or Pentecostal churches, denominations and so forth is we have a great pursuit and passion to, to discern what the Holy Spirit's saying and what he's doing. But a vulnerability of us might be that we don't actually pick up this book enough. And we can become a little bit, pardon the French, flaky. And what the Word of God does is it grounds us. Like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, when, when the Bereans were told this news about Jesus, what was the thing that they did? They pulled out the sword, they pulled out the Bible, they started reading it and checking it. Is what you sense God's Spirit saying fit within the framework of the Bible? If he says something to you that sounds like it doesn't fit into your understanding of what the Bible says, it's probably not the Holy Spirit. Which is why God's Word is such an important part of following Jesus. You can know God's Word and still not know Jesus. But to know Jesus well, might I submit to you, you need to know this. It's not just any other book. Make it your daily breakfast meal. Pick it up like I'm. Get two slices of bread, toast it, chuck the Bible in the middle, and start eating it every morning. It's good for you. (laughs) Another question: Have I made space to listen to the Spirit for His guidance? Have have you actually? Have you just just wait and just listen? Lord, what are you saying? I was with um, uh, Hope. Came up to me what maybe a couple of weeks ago. I was in the morning. And usually what I do in the morning is I'll get up at 6 or 6.30 and I'll sit with my Bible. Usually my Bible's open. I'll put some worship music on. I'm just in the lounge room and it's open. And I just, I, I don't, I genuinely don't have a specific agenda outside of the Gospel of John. Every morning we were doing that together in the morning, weren't we? And she comes out and she goes, Dad, I know you're going to be here. I said, what do you mean? She goes, I know where you're going to be. If you're not in your room, you're out here in the morning. I thought, oh, that's cute. But then I realised there's actually power in that. And it says something. I, I, I don't really do things in our home for show. I'm just saying, oh, it's being modelled. And everything we do is being shared and modelled and experienced together. That um, the ability just to sit humbly before God with His Word. Lord, speak to me. I need more time with you. And I fail so often to create the space that He deserves. But I tell you, I'm giving myself every opportunity the more that I do it. May we be a people that would just have enough time to listen. The final thing is, will I obey what he says? Very simply. I can't walk by the Spirit if I'm not going to do what the Spirit says. Oh, I know what the Spirit's saying. I know what he's doing. What are you doing about it? I know what the problem with the church is today. This is what the Spirit is saying to the church. And therefore, because the church is falling down in so many areas, I'm not going to engage in any church community. Meanwhile, I'm just going to catch up on Oprah on Sunday mornings at home. That's What's God saying to you in your life, you personally? How is the Holy Spirit leading you? And what will you do about it? What, what will I do about it? What will we do about it together? So there's your homework, those five questions. Have have a think about that. First one, do I want to be led by the Spirit? Second thing, have I asked for His leadership? Third thing, will I look to God for His guidance? Fourth thing, have I made space to listen for the Spirit's response? Final question, will I obey what He says? I'm going to finish just now and we're going to pray together, but I just want to wait and ask God's Spirit 
to speak to us and seal whatever he may have deposited within us. Kyle, can I get you on stage, please, man? If you can uh, just, you worship with your melodic spiritual (laughs) spirit fingers on the guitar, would you? And what I'd love for us to do is just create a little uh, moment where we're waiting on the Holy Spirit together. And we're going to ask him to speak. We're going to ask for a window of grace for him to reveal or even remind. Can we do that for just a few minutes? If you will, would you stand up with me? And with humble hearts, but faith-filled hearts, I want to encourage you, would you just raise your hands as an act of surrender and openness? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we come to you in Jesus' name, the only name that matters, the most potent, beautiful name. And we thank you for the precious gift and person of your Holy Spirit. But Lord, we can't leave today without engaging with your spirit. So we ask for you to speak to us. Would you direct us? Would you empower us? In our lives, Lord, we really do want to walk by your spirit. We want to be in step with your spirit. Help us to be in step with your spirit every single day, moment by moment, day by day, may we continually be in step with you. Father, right now in this room, I ask, would you refresh our hearts? Forgive us of times where we've been selfish and greedy and idolatrous. We've we've been rebellious. But again, Lord, from today, we just even, maybe we've been around this mountain a number of times maybe this is the first time we're coming to you in this way would you help us experience and taste of your spirit's goodness help us experience and engage with you we hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from grace life church for more information about us or any of our services please visit our website at gracelife.com.au